Welcome to Save Invest Compound. This podcast is for people who work hard for money but do not understand the language of money. As a child, I believed that the road to financial success is study hard, work hard. So study hard and get a good job. The message was ingrained in me by the society, by my parents, my teachers, books, and other sources. I did exactly that. I completed my computer science degree. I studied on a scholarship. I found a well-paying job. I worked hard and was promoted rapidly. I was making good money and I was living a very simple life. Given this, my financial situation should be enviable, shouldn't it? Instead, I was struggling financially. The obvious question you would ask is, why? Why are you struggling financially when you're working hard, making good money, you have a good income, and you live a simple life? Like, why wouldn't you have money? What was I doing wrong? How can I fix this? These were the questions I asked myself again and again. Why? What am I doing wrong? How can I fix this? The answer to my first question, why, is that my formula of study hard and work hard was incomplete. The formula to financial success, in my case, would have been study hard, work hard, save, invest, compound. The key to financial success is save, invest, compound. Hence, the name of this podcast is Save, Invest, Compound. And the name of my book is Save, Invest, Compound. How can I fix the problem that I had at that time? To fix that problem, I had to learn the language of money. That is what this podcast is focused on, learning the language of money. Yes, it includes save, invest, compound, and the strategies which are involved. In this podcast, I will show you how to manage your money. I will cover the simpler arithmetic required to manage money. I will show you the discipline required to manage money. I will teach you the time-tested principles that have allowed people to become wealthy for centuries. Once you learn and implement these principles in your life, You will no longer be worried about debt, your next payments, next paycheck, basic necessities of life, and your retirement. These are a few of the things you will no longer be worried about. In short, you will be able to shift your focus away from money to what is really important in your life. No one can escape money. I know it is not a comfortable topic. We do not like to talk about money. Regardless of which society you go into around the world, there is one common theme. People are uncomfortable talking about money. Yet we have to talk about money. We all exchange money every day of our lives or someone else does it on our behalf. When a baby is born, we need diapers, we need milk, we need clothing, we need all kinds of things to keep the baby alive. Someone is paying for it, right? So there is money involved, even before the child's birth. And when someone dies, 
there's still money involved. So money is involved in every stage of our, of our life, every day of our life. We spend a third of our waking hours earning money or preparing to earn money. Therefore, it only makes sense to learn about money. In my opinion, it's not a choice. It is a requirement. And the consequence of not learning about money is that most of us around the world are facing financial difficulties at different levels. Let's begin with our first uh, concept. What is money? Money is perhaps mankind's most brilliant invention because it allows us to trade and trade allows us to live as civilized beings. Whenever we need something, we don't steal, snatch or rob it from someone else. Instead, we purchase it from someone who is willing to sell it to us. This allows us to fulfill our needs without violence. Suppose your baby is crying for milk. Your neighbor has milk but will not give it to you. Trade has not been invented. What will you do to save your baby from dying today? Think about this for a minute. As you can see, trade allows us to remain civilized. It allows us to have positive, non-violent relations with fellow human beings. Trade requires exchange of goods or services. You can give up one valuable thing in exchange for another valuable thing. In ancient times, the trade probably went like this. A hunter will exchange meat for a spear. The hunter needs another spear and the spare maker needs food. It was a win-win situation. However, how will someone exchange a goat for a handful of salt? They probably will not, because a goat is worth a lot more than a handful of salt. To enable this trade, humans invented something very powerful. Our ancestors invented intermediary objects that would be used for trade. So the goat herder would trade his goat for let's say 10 pieces of something and he will then give one piece to the person who's selling the salt. This way he keeps nine pieces for something else and he used that one piece to buy that small quantity of salt. This intermediary object is something we still use today it's called money money simplifies trade every good or service can be allocated a price when we use money this shift to money has had another important impact before money the strongest man was the leader after money the man with the most money became the leader he could simply buy manpower and strength with money Money has evolved over years. We went from coins to paper to electrons, but those fundamentals did not change. Money still enables trade. The person with the most money is the most powerful. 
Furthermore, the one person or organization who creates money or controls the creation of money is the most powerful of all. In the case of Western countries, that powerful entity is the government and our central banks. We are uncomfortable talking about money because we do not understand money. Once you understand money, uh, you will be more comfortable talking about money. One common fallacy I hear is that people consider money to be evil. That is kind of strange. Would you call a wrench evil? Would you call a sword evil? Would you call a knife evil? Or a car evil? Right? You, you can die from either of them. You can hit someone on their head with a wrench and they will die. Someone can cut themselves to death. A sword or a knife can, can kill people. And just as easily, if someone's hit by a car, they can die. Does that make those objects evil? Not at all. So is money good or evil? You can use it to buy weapons and kill innocent people. You can use it to rescue people after a natural disaster. So it can be used for good or evil. It is morally neutral. It is morally neutral. But enables people to do both good and evil. We can all agree that money is a very powerful tool. A powerful tool in the wrong hands can be very dangerous and a powerful tool in, a, in wise hands would, be, uh, would do a lot of good. A powerful tool in, the, in wise hands will do a lot of good. A tool can be given credit for a noble action or blamed for an evil action. A tool cannot be a tool cannot be given credit. A tool cannot be given credit for A tool cannot be given credit for a noble action or blamed for an evil action. People who use money for good get credit for good deeds and people who use money for evil deserve the burden of their deeds. In the next episode, we will talk about monetary value of goods and services. We will look at how we assign different prices to different goods and services how prices change over time, how to predict price changes, how to position ourselves to take advantage of price changes, and how to protect ourselves from unfavorable changes in price. You can visit me on my website, saveinvestcompound.com, and ask questions. See you in the next episode.